I think, you know what, as we grow as a community, because entrepreneurs are visionaries. They're givers. And some people call entrepreneurs greedy. It's because they don't know any true entrepreneurs. All they know is what Amen they to that on social media, right? Entrepreneurs yeah. are the reason we live in the world we live in. They're the reason that the economy is going to recover and do way better than it was doing before COVID-19. Heroes are an inspiring group of people. Every one of them from the larger than life comic book heroes you see on the big silver screen to the everyday heroes that let us live the privileged lives we do. Every hero has a story to tell. The doctor saving lives at your local hospital. The war veteran down the street who risked his lives for our freedom. The police officers and firefighters who risk their safety to ensure ours. Every hero is special and every story worth telling. But there is one class of heroes that I think is often ignored. The entrepreneur. The creator. The producer. The ones who look at the problems in this world and think to themselves, you know what? I can fix that. I can help people. And I can make a difference. Then they go out and do exactly that by creating a new product or introducing a new service. Some go on to change the world. Others make a world of difference to their customers. Welcome to The Hero Show. Join us as we pull back the masks of the world's finest heropreneurs and learn the secrets to their powers, their success, and their influence. So you can use those secrets to attract more sales, make more money, and experience more freedom in your business. I'm your host, Richard Matthews, and we are on in three, two, one. They don't care about money. Like some of the circles I run in, like I am so uncomfortable. I, to be totally candid, like they throw around my, I'm like, you did what? Oh my God, that's so crazy! <laughs> like the, right? like I, I went to a, a yacht show recently, and I was talking to one of the yacht salesmen, um, and I was like, because I just want to find out, like, what is it like selling to someone who has like money to burn? And they were like, it's literally, it's like the most insane thing ever. Someone will come to a yacht show like this, and they will pick a yacht, the way that you pick and pay for a yacht, the way that you pick and pay for socks at Walmart. Yeah. Right. They're like, do I buy the red pack or the black pack? And they're like, oh, I'm going to buy that one. And then they just hand over all the money. And they're like, oh, did you want an extra 10% for your commission because you were so useful? Here you go. Right? Like, <laughs> like, that's the way that people with money act. It's so true. But don't ask them for their time. Right? Yeah. They Absolutely. guard their time way tighter than they guard their wallet. So if you're getting started, always like you said do the dis dissension model start at the very top and do a done for you service like if you're getting started in business the reason i've had the success i've had is because i did not try and get people to come to a training program i did not try to get them to download my free lead magnet so that i could then uh, nurture them into a training program into done for you no i picked up the phone I started reaching out and I told people, listen, your people suck. Let me do it. I didn't say that, but right. That's the essential message. <laughs> so let me be a part of your team. Do this for you. We'll grow together. I charge $5,000 a month plus commission. And that's what I tell people. Listen, I don't want to make money on my clients. I want to make money with them. I want to prove myself. And if I do a three month contract, if after three months I'm not paying for myself, you should fire me. Right? Like, that is, that is a glorious message and a glorious model. We do the same kind of thing with ours where it's like, Hey, we have a, a retainer plus percentage of profits that we, uh, we do with, with clients in our space. Um, and the same kind of thing. And people are like, well, you know, how long are we going to work together? How long is the retainer for? And I was like, the retainer is for as long as you want to keep paying me. Right. And if you get to a point where you're like, I don't want to pay this guy anymore, then stop paying me. But you know, I've got clients that I've had for five or six years um, because they're like, I, I couldn't see running my business without him and his organization. Right. And that's the kind of value you want to be providing to you, the people you're working with. Exactly. And a lot of people get into all the well, what's your contract like? What if they don't want to pay like all that? Listen, if you are not working with people that you trust and believe want you to be successful as well, don't work with them. 
Yeah, like like my most oh. of my clients at this point, I've gotten to the point where like every single one of my clients, because we're traveling right now, like you know, all of the guests or the uh, listeners on this show know that. Um, and like when we are in places with clients, I they invite our whole family over to come over for dinner. And like one of our clients down here in Florida is like, hey, can you want to bring your kids over to go play in the pool and we'll do a barbecue and that kind of stuff, because you're you're not just building business relationships. And I think that's something that a lot of people miss out on. Um, is you know when they, they think of this whole thing like you're building a business and you're building a network and a network is some sort of like business term that people associate with and like I get it I get the idea that you have to have words to describe what you're doing but you're building relationships with real people um, and those relationships are going to serve you for life and um, as long as you're also serving those relationships exactly exactly it's it's got to be win-win and like you said, it's in this game, your network is everything. So here's a question I would ask yourself as the listeners, who do you spend time with right now? And are you where you want to be right now? Because if you're not where you want to be, my guess is you spend time with people who are not where you want to be. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, um, it's, it's one of the hardest things to figure out how to do as a new entrepreneur is how to get yourself in the right groups of people. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that I found is yeah. that when you start going after the prospects who are where you want to be with those high ticket services, they immediately, they don't refer you down, right? They refer you up. <laughs> and that kind of stuff helps build your network and gets you into cool circles. Um, and over the course of time, you end up in places where, um, like you said, you're like, I'm, I'm uncomfortable being around people like this um, because they have, they have money to burn and I'm not there yet. <laughs> right. Right. And hey, we'll be there. Just yeah, we'll get there eventually. Eventually. Like when I, when I'm, I'm not quite to the purchase of yacht the way I purchase socks. Um, but I have, I have this one of my, my fun little like, like internal things. I don't, I don't share this with a lot of people, but one of my, my goals in life is to constantly increase the amount of money that I no longer care about. Right. And what I mean by that is like when I first got married, if like when it was like 10 years ago and it was really kind of a, a fun, fun thing. Like we just finished our taxes for this last year. I paid more in taxes this year than I made my first year of marriage. Um, so like over a course of 12 months, I was like, that's a cool place to be. But I remember my first year of marriage, if like you go to Walmart and you buy something and it like breaks, um, it doesn't matter if it was a dollar or $10, you're taking it back and returning that damn thing because that dollar is important, <laughs> right? And you've probably been there. We've all been there. You're like, I need, like, it's important to me that I get this taken care of. Um, and I've been like my, one of my goals in life is to up that dollar amount beyond which I don't care. Where like if it breaks or if it doesn't work, I just toss it in the garbage, right? Like, and just move on with my life. And, you know, moved it from $1 to $10 to $100 to $300 or $400 to $500 or like to the point where like, I can spend, drop 500 bucks on something. And if it doesn't work out the way that I want, I just move on, right? Don't even worry about it. And like, I want to get to the point where like, you know, if you buy a yacht, it's like a package of socks. You don't like the yacht, you just buy another one, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly who cares if we lost 50 percent on it whatever <laughs> doesn't make a big difference uh, so i'm not to the yacht stage yet but i have gotten to the point where like i will buy things that i'm like you know i, I bought an ipad last year i was like i didn't like it and i gave it to a friend and bought another one right, right. Mm -hmm. um and you know, that's a thousand dollar purchase right and that's you know that's a big difference from where i was 10 years ago but it's it comes from like you mentioned getting in in with people who think differently than you do and you start seeing the way that they interact with and treat money um, and they don't treat money the same way that broke people do. Um, and when you, when you start interacting differently with money, it starts interacting differently with you. <laughs> it's so true. A great example is, um, have you ever talked to someone who like bought an online course for a thousand dollars and they're like, oh my God, those videos were so awful. The quality on that is ridiculous. I want my money back. It's like, now, first, did you buy that course for high quality videos? <laughs> yeah. 
No, you didn't. Second, if you can't figure out how to get value out of your purchases, that's your problem, not their problem. So uh, one thing I, I would recommend, especially if you want to be great at selling info products and stuff like this, don't be a hypocrite. This is something we trained for, I still train. I call it a positive buy cycle. How you sell is exactly how you buy. So if you think things over, it makes sense to want to think things over. So if someone comes up to you and said, you go through a sales call and they say, you know, this looks great. I just got to go think about it. Let me get back to you next week. If you're a thinker over her, then you're going to say, yeah, I, I would do that too. If you have a positive buy cycle, something's going to trigger in your brain and you're going to be like, wait a minute. What is that? I mean, it, it's a thousand bucks. What is there to think about? It sounds like this really just isn't a fit. Is that right? Like another thing, when it comes to sales, go for the no. Don't try yeah. and push people to the quick a yes. no. A no <laughs> is way better than a yes. Because you don't have to waste time dealing yeah. with the head I, and the emotional baggage. I tell people my goal in sales is to get to the no as fast as possible. Um, so like I will, I will like get on phone calls with people like new clients and I'd be like, Hey, just so you know, our pricing is $5,000 a month plus percentage of profits. Um, if you're not comfortable with that, we don't need to continue the phone call. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, and I, I'm like, and I'm like, I'm not, I like, I'm, I don't need your money. I don't need your work. Like I've got plenty of businesses and plenty of referrals who want to work with me. So if you actually want to spend time on the phone, um, we'll do that. And actually I've gotten to the point now, like I think our application on our website to even get on my calendar, like is like, I understand that our pricing is here and I still want to get on the phone with you. And they have to like check off and sign that they're, they understand that we're not cheap. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so I love that. I love it. There's a reason I mentioned my price here on this podcast and it's on my website. I do not want a meeting where someone's trying to figure out my price. Yeah. Right? There's a book. If you, if you are building a business, you need to read this book. It's called Built to Sell by John Warthrow. It is all about turning whatever you do, whether it's a product or a service, into a product. And stop changing it based on everything. Have a product and just sell it. Go read the book. I promise you it will change your business. But my belief is when you withhold price, you make it about price. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so the other thing that I started doing too, which this is, you know, for anyone who's in the business of taking sales calls to close business, right? And generally, if you're in a high ticket space, right? And I've worked in everything with all my clients over the years from low ticket all the way to, you know, multi, you know, 25, 30, 40, $50,000 sales. Um, once you hit the about $1,500 price point, if you're not getting on the phone, you're not closing sales, oh, right? Yeah. So, so you, part of your sales process is going to be getting on the phone. Um, so like in our business and a lot of my clients' businesses, um, once you hit a certain point where you're starting to get enough leads in your, in the door, um, we start putting barriers in front of the phone call. Right. Mm -hmm. So first, at first it's an application, then it's an application that has a fee associated with it. Right. And now like my application, I think, I don't even know what the fee is. Like it doesn't matter. Right. I think it's 200 bucks, but the, uh, the point is, is like that someone can't get on the calendar with me and talk to me unless they're willing to fork over money. Right. Right. Uh, we'll apply that to the purchase price or whatever. It's like the $200 is irrelevant. Right. <laughs> but the, the, the point is, it's like, Hey, you, you know what you're getting into, you know, how much it costs, you know what we're doing. And um, you understand that like, Hey, we're getting on the phone because, you know, we want to see whether or not we fit well together. Right. Right. And that's, that's really all the, the call is about. You're basically at this point, you're sold. <laughs> exactly. And it, it, you may not be sold, but you have questions and you're not trying to figure out price. Like yeah. I, uh, in the Sandler world, pricing is customized based on everything. Like everything makes a difference. There's no mm -hmm. real standard prices, which the problem with that 
is if everything's customized, you can't just sell something to someone until you talk to them. So you're automatically building in these obstacles you have to overcome when it comes to your sales cycle. Now, yeah, yeah. That's it, one of the things that I've, I've noticed in my business, right? And we talked about this before we got on the thing is like the push button podcast service, right? It costs $2,500 a month. It's completely done for you. Um, and like in my head, I struggled with the pricing for that for quite a while. Um, Cause I was like, I know like if you're in this place in their business, it's not going to make as much sense to pay for that. And if they're in this place and I was like, I was like, I just need to throw that out and be like, this is the price and the people who it fits for are my clients, right? And if it doesn't fit, you're not my client. Yes, 100%. Another thing when it comes to pricing, guys, never price something based on what the market will bear. Never. Price it based on what will be profitable for your company. I know. Amen I, to that. Amen to that. I had this meeting, um, oh God, it was years ago, with a referral from a friend, a really nice guy. We sat down, he created ornaments. He was retired, uh, did like metal casting and stuff like this. This was back when I worked at Sandler. He did all these metal casting and so I'm sitting down, I'm talking to him and I'm like, all right, tell me about what you do. And we got into it, we found out for the cost of goods sold, just for like the hard cost, not even the time he's putting into it. Yeah, cost of labor. The cost of labor isn't even included. It's like 20 bucks per ornament. And he's then spends all year making these ornaments, goes to Christmas shows when Christmas shows up and sells them for 15 bucks an ornament. He's losing money. Holy cow. I was he's not expecting you to say that. He's literally paying people to take his crap. Right? Do not pay people for work. I'm telling you, go spend the time with your family. If it Instead, is not yeah. profitable, so do it. So here's, here's one of the fun things. This is a, it's a fun discussion because I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with pricing. And I had the opportunity for a number of years to work with an organization where I was a C-level marketing director for them. Um, and I got, I reported directly to the president and I sat on the C-level, all the executives in the team would come together every week and I got to work with all of them. It was really cool. Um, but the, uh, the, the CEO was on the board of directors for 12 different companies, right? Um, all multi-million dollar, big regional companies um, in their various spaces. Um, and he was like, one of the things that he harped on all the time was a 28 to 30% margin. Oh, right. Yeah. It's like, it like whatever we're doing, we're targeting a 28 to 30% margin. And like he, and he started showing, like I started asking him about that and like, we'd go and have lunch and, you know, and it's like, he targets that in all of his businesses. And then I started paying attention. Like if you, you can call in and listen to like the investor calls for like Apple and Google and all the other things, you know, one of the things that Apple harps on in every single one of their investor calls, they're 28 to 30% margin. Right. Yeah. You know, Google harps on and all their investor calls, they're 28 to 30% margin targets. And I, I could probably guarantee that the overwhelming majority of your successful big businesses that you recognize their name brand, they're targeting a 28 to 30% margin in their business because they have to profit in order to continue growing. Right. Yes. So there is, there's some exceptions to that. Like, you know, if you look at solar city, for instance, or Tesla, where you're using investor funds to grow a business or Amazon, who was using investor funds to grow a business to, they were buying, buying market share by sacrificing margin. Right. And yeah. they're doing that with capital, capital stuff. So that's a different game. We're not talking about that game unless you're venture capital backed. Right. But if you remove venture capital backing, you have to profit in your business. And so like one of the discussions that I was having with, with myself is like when we set up the push button podcast business, it was like, I needed to know what our costs were. Right. So mm -hmm. we started really diving into like, I needed to know what our cost of labor for our deliverable was. And we got really solid on what our cost of labor for deliverability was. And then we got really solid on what our cost for advertising um, was going to be. Right. And so we know what our cost of customer acquisition is. Right. And so we've got cost of labor, we got cost of customer acquisition, we have cost of goods sold, you put all those things together, right? And you have, this is what it's going to cost us to do it. I can't sell it for anything less than that. Now, more importantly, if I sell it for only that cost, 
I'm out of business, right? I can't afford to keep going. So you have to, like the way that I structured our pricing was like, here's where we are. Where's my, my add my 30% margin on there. And now I've got our price, right? Mm -hmm. Now on the other side, as a customer of someone, I only work with businesses who are profitable, right? If my business is going to rely on your service, if you're not making a profit, I don't want to work with you, right? Because you're not going to be there for the long haul, right? Yes. Um, so I want my customers to know <laughs> that we have our price and our price means that we're profitable, right? Okay. And if we're profitable, we will continue to be here to support you, yeah. right? So that's 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 how I think about it. Um, and anyways, I hopefully that's helpful for our, our listeners. <laughs> I, I love that. It, and it is so true. That's this is why you need to charge more. Like across the board, I would recommend well, let me say it this way. Nine out of ten times when I first get on a sales call with someone, after we dove into their business, one of the things I say is, Are you comfortable charging more? Yeah, because you should be. So there's a difference between markup and margin. Yeah, big difference. We don't have time to get into it now, but uh, sixty percent markup is more like a forty percent margin, and a lot of companies mix that up. So make sure as you're going through building your company, make sure you're looking at all right. What is that markup? And what is that margin I'm tar targeting? Because it, if you can't service your business, your clients, they shouldn't do business with you. Yeah, yeah. And you have to account for, you have to account for things like how much does it cost to serve the client? How much does it cost to get a new client, right? Like your cost of customer acquisition and your labor costs. If you're in manufacturing, we did a lot of work in the manufacturing world when I was working at the solar company. We, you talk about um, energy cost of goods sold, right? How much your actual energy bill per unit is, right? Yeah. Um, because that's an important metric that a lot of companies don't know, right? And they don't include it in their margins and then they undercharge for their products and they don't understand why they're losing money, right? Um, so, so it's such a huge thing. And, and my, my rule of thumb is, you know, all the big successful companies target a 28 to 30% margin. You should do the same figure out what your costs are, charge at least that enough to make that margin. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And, and if Apple can amass, you know, a trillion dollars in cash in their thing on a 28% margin, you, you know, it'll probably work for you too. <laughs> Amen, so, brother. so I want to, I want to move on, ask you next question here. What, you know, your superpowers, what is it that you do build or offer this world that really helps solve problems for people? And the way that I've been framing this for our guests lately has been to, um, if you look at all the things that you're good at, like the skills that you've developed over your, your lifetime, you probably have one skill that is like the, the thread that commonly that ties all those things together that empowers the rest of your skills, right? What is that for you? It's a good question. Um, for me, I, I think it's my attitude. Like it is my confidence in myself and in the people I meet and work with. One of the things uh, I've consistently gotten reviews just after sales calls of people being like, you know what? Just spending time with you makes me smile. Just being around you makes me more confident in what I'm doing, right? It's and infectious. It, it's infectious and it's because I was on a sales call yesterday and the guy said, you know, Justin, you are really quirky, but you own it. And it is so freaking awesome. I have really enjoyed this conversation and I am quirky. I am myself and I, I want you to be yourself too. And that's what I try to empower people to do. Most people just don't have enough faith. They don't have enough belief in them. And here's the thing. If you don't believe in you, why the hell should I? Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that, uh, that has always sat well with me is the idea that you can impact someone else's life with your smile. Right. And I've, I, I tell people this regularly. I use my children as social experiments to see how things work. 
Um, and, you know, I got four children. And one of the things that cracks me up is that you can take a child who is in any sort of attitude ever, right? So like the whole spectrum of like, they're on the floor kicking and screaming and crying to they're having a bad day and they're, crest and they're depressed and they're crying. And you could just sit down with them and smile at them and change their life, right? Because you, you, like, you, you can't have someone smile at you for long enough without it. Like it, it's, it's worse than the COVID-19 virus. It will get you. It will, 100%, <laughs> I love it. It will get you at some point. Um, and that reminds me of something you said earlier that I wanted to make sure we commented on. You said that you, said that you are willing to put in more work than anyone else, right? Um, and part of that comes to the confidence. And it's something that I think that a lot of entrepreneurs miss how powerful that is. Um, and we have this idea that there is competition, that people, that I have to worry about competition. And the reality is if you are willing to put in the work, that you don't have competition. Right. Um, and one of my, uh, my mentors phrased it like this for me. He's like, there's no competition in this world for real men anymore. Right. And, you know, or real women or real anyone. And what he meant by that essentially was that if you're willing to put in the effort, no one, you can, no one can compete with you. Right. And I've, I've realized that over the course of my own business. And I feel, it sounds like you have as well, that you're like, I've realized a long time ago that it doesn't matter what you do. I will beat you at it because I know that long after you've dropped the floor and died, I will continue to be going, right? Like, I don't need to eat. I don't need to sleep. I don't need any of that stuff. I will skid into the grave before I'm, <laughs> you know, before I'm done. And that kind of attitude, it comes from, you know, having the confidence in your skills and your abilities and that kind of stuff and keeping a smile on your face. You can't, nobody can compete with you. Nobody. It's, it's the cloud and the silver lining. Like, for example, that business I started that failed epically, epically. One, again, I would never change it for anything, but I am so blessed that it failed because it was all around live events. <laughs> it's what gone now. I'd be doing right now had it succeeded. You'd be starving. <laughs> right? It's crazy. So. so so the flip side then of your superpower is your fatal flaw, right? Just like Superman has his kryptonite, something that has held you back in your business or in your career that you sort of, you've had to work on. So A, what is it? And B, how have you worked on overcoming that? So our listeners who suffer from something similar might learn from you. Oh man. So uh, where my head immediately went to, which is why I'll share it, is I am way too optimistic. Like every half-brained idea I've ever had was a million-dollar product and million-dollar company overnight. Like that's again my last business, right? I I just I see no way anything can go wrong because it's such a great idea. And then I I take action on all these ideas, and then they almost. I, yeah, I can't think of a single idea that I've had that I built up in my mind that actually turned into something like what I had built up. So it's that, <laughs> that optimism of, oh my gosh, this is it. At the same time, I feel like that's what drives me is I know it's right there. I know it's right across the corner. Um, so one of the things I've done to overcome my optimism is I, I have a couple mentors that I work with that I try and always run my ideas past. And I consider them negative Nancy's, but maybe they're just realists. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I think my, uh, my kryptonite that even as i talk about it i'm like that's not bad though i love that about me but but, but see that's that's the whole point of it's it's the flip side of the coin right it's part yeah. of the same it's part of the same skill set the the confidence and the optimism on one side comes with that it's the double-edged sword right exactly. and you know my my superpower i tell people is it's it's systems and processes it's, it's like i see things in systems um mm -hmm. the flip side of that is that it makes you a perfectionist, right? You're like, I want everything in the system to work. 
yeah. before I ship it. And that's a problem because you never get to the shipping part, right? So yeah. it, it's the, the flip side of the superpower is the, uh, the negative part. So, but like, I, I get, I totally get the optimism thing, right? It's not, it's not, um, I, like, I'm, I'm there with you, probably not to the same degree, but like everything that I've always, I'm always like, oh, and I remember, especially as a younger entrepreneur, I'm like, I have this idea and I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow. I just know it, right? And like, and you, you realize at some point that it doesn't matter how good your idea is, if it's going to be a million dollar, it very well could be a million dollar idea. And in fact, most of them probably could be if you put the work in. The problem is, is you have to put the work in and it doesn't matter what it is, there's going to be work and it's going to take a long time and things are going to go wrong and you have to be willing to deal with and, you know, all those things. And, and no matter what you're doing, it's going to cost too, right? It's going to cost time. It's going to cost money, right? There's no, there's no free ticket, so to speak. Um, so... Yeah. yeah. Once you sort of learn to temper that and you realize like what I've gotten to the point now where like I have a really great idea and you can, I can temper that with like, I know what it's going to take on the other side. Right. I know the kind of people and the type of systems that we're going to have to build and the type of money it's going to take to put in on the front end. And you can judge that based on, okay, now is it still worth it? Right. Does it serve the business that we're doing now? Does it take us to the next level? Does it actually help us with our goal or doesn't it? Um, and you have, you have, an easier way of making decisions and as a younger entrepreneur that's something that like that's that's going to come with experience right it's not something that, there's no shortcut to that <laughs> mm -hmm. it's so true yeah so true. Oh, i love it great question so my my next question for you is more uh, you know sort of like practical in your business that your 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 newest business here um and it's your common enemy and it has to do with your clients right so if you could remove one thing from your client's life that you know if you did, if you had your magic wand, you could just tap their business on the head and remove that thing that they would get better, cheaper, faster, higher degree of results, whatever it is. What's that thing that you're sort of constantly banging your head against the wall with your, with your clients that you wish you could just change? So if I had a magic wand and could do that, it, it would be consistent lead flow. Like I, I would magic me out of business. Nice. Like, frankly, uh, that's the problem I'm solving. And that's the biggest problem most companies face. And most companies, if you have enough business, enough leads coming in, could consistently grow. They could consistently generate more and more revenue at higher margins and change the world, make it a better place. Um, so that's, and I don't know if, well, is it a new website? Is it a new lead magnet? Is it a, like what magically I would make happen to create that uh, consistent lead flow? But that is, uh, I, that's what I would wish upon everyone. My enemies and my friends is consistent lead flow. Yeah. Yeah, figuring out how to get to a consistently lead flow. So yeah. other side of that, if the common enemy that you're fighting against is lack of lead flow, your driving force is the other side, right? So just like Spider-Man fights to save New York or Batman fights to save Gotham or Google fights to index and categorize all the world's information, what is it that you fight for in your business? What is your mission, so to speak? Yeah, I love it. My mission is to go out there partner with people who love what they do love it don't necessarily love the selling of it and so my mission is to partner with them because i i love sales like there is nothing funner than being on a sales call talking with people i i was on a cold call two days ago and i referred another company to them that i was like oh you've got it like that's fun for me and there's a lot of people who hear that and they think, Justin, you are You're insane. Insane. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what, that's what I do. That is that common enemy. It's, you know what? I, my mission is to come into these organizations that want to make an impact because competition is the best thing ever because it demands that you're better. It demands yeah. that you continually improve. I love competition. Like I, a rising tide lifts all ships. I, 
that is why I think, you know what, as we grow as a community, because entrepreneurs are visionaries, they're givers. And some people call entrepreneurs greedy. It's because they don't know any true entrepreneurs. All they know is what Came they that. on social media, right? Entrepreneurs yeah. are the reason we live in the world we live in. They're the reason that the economy is going to recover and do way better than it was doing before COVID-19. Not because of big companies, because big companies move a lot like slugs. They're very mm -hmm. slow. They're a pain in the butt. They, they're ridiculous. But you go out to entrepreneurs, anyone under, let's say, a thousand employees, they can move like this. They can make quick decisions. They can go out and impact the world at a way higher rate than anyone else. And guess what? I love giving away money. Like it's, I love donating. I love uh, donating my time, money, energy, anything like that. Because I'm an entrepreneur, I have money to donate. Yeah, I used to, uh, one of the things that uh, um, always bothered me as a kid, as I was, grew up in a religious family and um, you know, you, the church, they passed the plate around and I don't have anything against people putting money in the plate, right? Yeah. But it always bothered me that people would put, that, uh, that you'd put money in the plate and that's how they want to do it. I was like, I don't want to be the person who's putting money in the plate. I want to be the person who's building the building that everyone's in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and it's like on, you know, you're, you're, you're again, there's nothing wrong with being an employee and being a worker and being part of the economy in that way. It's definitely like, there's a lot of people that are built for that and that's what they want to do. And they like the safety and they like the security. They don't have the risk tolerance that I'm sure has there's that's, it's a great choice for your life. If it's a good fit, right. Those are the people that put money in the plate. And I was like, I want to be the person who puts my name on the building. Right. And that takes a different level of risk tolerance and a different level of work ethic and a different level of, you know, uh, just all around work, you know, different mindset, so to speak. Um, but it also affords you the opportunities to do things that other people can't do. Right. Oh, yeah. And, um, and that's, that's one of the reasons why we build this show, right. Why we have the hero show is because I've, I've always hated this idea culturally that entrepreneurs are villains, right? You want pick up any kid's TV show and I guarantee you the theme of whatever episode you watch is going to be some entrepreneur is spilling oil in the, you know, in the, the, the ocean and, and hurting little duckies, right? That's like, you know, some former fashion of that story is like the villain is always an entrepreneur. Um, and, and I hate that, right? And you, we grow up with this idea that the entrepreneurs are villains and then we have problems like the discussion we were having earlier with pricing. They're like, I just want, I wanna, I, you know, it, my time and my skills aren't worth selling, right? So I'm going to spend $20 on a product and then sell it for 15, right? Because we have negative feelings about profitability and creating value, right? And so that's the whole point of building this show and talking to people like you is to get the message out that entrepreneurs are really the heroes that make the world go around. I love it. It's so So, <laughs> I do want to move on. I know we're going, we're getting, getting long in our, in our uh, episode here, but it's not a problem because I think it's really going to be fun. My, my, uh, um, the guy who manages my podcast will probably split this into two episodes for, for our guests <laughs> or for our listeners. Um, but that's all right. So my next question for you is more practical, right? Heroes mm -hmm. tool belt. And you know, this is, you know, I say maybe you got a big magical hammer like Thor or a bulletproof vest like your neighborhood police officer, or maybe you just really love how Evernote works. What's some of the practical tools that you use every day that you just couldn't do what you do for your clients, whether that's client management or your service delivery or whatever, something, you know, one or two tools that you're like, you know, what, I just, I couldn't do what I do without this thing, whatever it's, you know, a calendar or a pen and paper or some fancy piece of technology. What is a, what is it for you? All right. So I'm going to give you a whole bunch of different tools that we use together in order to create the processes and systems for my clients and for me. Because um, you got to eat your own dog food, by the way. I prospect <laughs> this way for myself and my clients, right? Um, so these are some of the tools. And if you want, um, it, 
message us at uh, the Heroes Podcast, and they can send you this worksheet. I will give you. Uh, yeah, we'll put, we can way. put it in the uh, we can put it in the show notes for for them. Okay, perfect. So we'll put a worksheet here so you can download our workbook to create these processes. Um, number one, if you don't have a CRM, a tool that is managing your relationships with your customers, I would like to come through the screen here and just pop you right in the face. <laughs> Stop it. You need a CRM. You need a way to manage those relationships, especially in the sales process. Okay. So I use pipe drive. I love it. Uh, and if you come and reach out to me, I'm happy to show you how to do it, set it up. It's super easy. Second, uh, I use a tool called Lemlist. Lemlist is a email automated system for cold emails that will let you customize pictures. So like I've got a picture of me with the whiteboard. Ooh, like and you put their name on it? Looks like their name's on the whiteboard, right? Genius. So the Lemlist is super cool. You can do all kinds of stuff like that. Look into that. There's another tool I use called CoVideo. Now CoVideo has a very unfortunate name as of like three months yeah. ago. CoVideo 19. <laughs> CoVideo 19, exactly. Uh, but it's, it's very similar to like um, Vidyard and Boom Boom. Uh, they're different yeah, yeah. tools that let you send a video. It gives you a little GIF in the email. So like when I send an email to a prospect following up, they see me doing this and I'm like, hey, or I'll write their name on the whiteboard and I'll be like, that's you, right? It's, this is custom. This is built for you, right? So that is a tool that gets people to stop. One thing I love about CoVideo, you can overlay that video on any website you want. So when I'm doing a follow-up video, um, if I'm doing it for my company, I overlay it onto my lead magnet page. So they can literally close the video and download my lead magnet. Whoop, whoop. Super cool, right? Um, nice, nice. Have you heard of uh, Bonjoro? Bonjoro is similar where you can, uh, um, right you can follow up with, uh, with uh, videos that are, you know, whatever you're, okay. they come into your lead system, you can just follow up and send a video right to them. Awesome, yeah. So that is Im very impactful. Another tool I use, is called send out cards. So I can send cards like <laughs> this. <laughs> so I, this is my favorite card. And That's for funny. those of you who can't see, it's got- uh, oh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt uh, from Parks and Rec. And he's making the <gasps> so excited face. And it says, surprise, this card is a full sheet of paper. And then you open it up. And I'm gonna read this because I think everybody should hear it because it's the truth. Um, on one side, I've got four different sales memes. So one says, when a prospect makes up an elaborate lie just to avoid turning you down directly. I'm not even mad. That's amazing from Anchorman. Uh, <laughs> from Dumb and Dumber, sales prospect asks for a callback in six months. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> The, uh, Liam Neeson from Taken, I don't know who you are, but my sales target needs to be hit. <laughs> and then <laughs> White Shroop from The Office, hey, I just met you and this is crazy, but here's my sales pitch. So buy it maybe, right? <laughs> so nice. my sales copy on this is not all unexpected surprises are positive, but I hope this one makes you laugh. The truth is, in sales and marketing, you must stand out. Standing out means doing things differently. We are no longer in the information age. Information is everywhere. We are now in the attention age. It is whoever stays top of mind who will win. If you want to capture someone's attention, you need to do things that stand out from everyone else. We help with that. And then our phone number and website. So that, I do this all through send out cards. 
Um, it's all online. I never have to go to a post office. They charge an additional, depending on the package. Um, so they've got a $100 package. Here's the hack for you guys. Their $100 package lets you send unlimited cards like this, plus postage. Like it, 100 bucks. We send out like 600 cards like this for 100 bucks. That is so insane. It, it's ridiculously affordable. Now, caveat is you can only send one card to one person at a time. So I have a team member who we've got our system all automated. So whenever someone, how we do it in Lemless, we have a three-step qualifying campaign. If they open the email and click on links, or if they reply, they go to our follow-up process, which is 15 steps long. And what we're trying to do is see, do these people still work at this company? Are they actual people? Will they open an email from us before we start sending them stuff like this? So the very first thing we do when they get into our 15 step campaign, we send them a card and we pick up the phone and call them. And so we've got it all automated that as soon as people hit, cards start going out, then uh, this goes out, I think, about two weeks later. And in between then, we send emails and we're doing LinkedIn stuff. And it, it's all creating a process. And you've got to have a process to follow up. So there's four questions that you have to answer to make follow-up super easy. Who do I contact? When do I contact them? What do I say? And how do I contact them? If you answer those questions before ever starting follow-up, you will never have to sit at your screen and look at that prospect's name and think, what the heck should I do with you? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, you just know what the next step is. Exactly. And so that's exactly what we do for our clients is we put all these systems and processes in place and we just start executing. And we just pick up the phone and call them. We jump on LinkedIn. We all the fun stuff that nobody wants to do. Nobody. <laughs> awesome. Speaking of heroic tools, I want to take a few minutes to tell you about a tool we built that powers the Hero Show and is now this show's primary sponsor. Hey there, fellow podcaster. Having a weekly audio and video show on all the major online networks that builds your brand, creates fame, and drives sales for your business doesn't have to be hard. I know it feels that way because you've tried managing your show internally and realize how resource intensive it can be. You felt the pain of pouring eight to 10 hours of work into just getting one hour of content published and promoted all over the place. You see the drain on your resources, but you do it anyways because you know how powerful it is. Heck, you've probably even tried some of those automated solutions and ended up with stuff that makes your brand look cheesy and cheap. That's not helping grow your business. Don't give up though. The struggle ends now. Introducing Push Button Podcasts, a done-for-you service that will help you get your show out every single week without you lifting a finger after you've pushed that stop record button. We handle everything else, uploading, editing, transcribing, writing, research, graphics, publication, and promotion, all done by real humans who know, understand, and care about your brand almost as much as you do. Empowered by our own proprietary technology, our team will let you get back to doing what you love while we handle the rest. Check us out at pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero for 10% off the lifetime of your service with us and see the power of having an audio and video podcast growing and driving micro-celebrity status and business in your niche without you having to lift more than a finger to push that stop record button. Again, that's pushbuttonpodcast.com forward slash hero. See you there. You're listening to The Hero Show, unlocking the power of influence and success. So I got a couple more questions for you, then we're all done. Next question, your own personal heroes, right? Just like Frodo had Gandalf or Luke had Obi-Wan or Robert Kiyosaki had his rich dad. Who are some of your own heroes? Were they real-life mentors, speakers or authors, peers who are maybe a couple years ahead of you? And how important were they to what you've accomplished so far in your business? Oh, I am who I am and where I am because of the people who have spoken to my life, 100%. Um, my parents... I mean, but that's kind of cliche, right? So you'd be my, surprised how many people say it's their parents. Uh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, my parents have been huge. They, they, in both good and bad ways. 
I'm not saying they're perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they have taught me so much. Um, Tony Robbins is, I am a huge Tony Robbins fan. He helped me unlock uh, who the I am. The power within? The power within, yes, exactly. <laughs> if you haven't been to UPW, you must go. I'm telling you, it will change your life. Um, Tony Robbins, I followed Russell Brunson and learned a ton from him. Um, I, there's a guy by the name of Nicholas Barely. He's mm-hmm. much, uh, he's a newer influencer. That's a nice way to put it. A newer influencer, super, super good at what he does. Really nice guy. I've really enjoyed working with him. I'm in his mastermind currently. Um, yeah, John Warthrow, he's, I'm telling you that book changed my life built to sell. Which book was that built to sell? Okay. Built yeah. We'll make sure sell. we get a link to that on, uh, on the show notes yeah. for people. It, it incredibly impactful. So, uh, built to sell another one is, uh, Oren Claff. And he teaches how to pitch, how to build pitch decks and stuff like that. Very impactful. Um, So I, and you know, my kids have been, like you said, it's training ground, right? And they, they have been the greatest thing when it comes to learning. If you want to get great at storytelling, there's a hack. Read your kids' stories every night, right? Just read stories to them and don't read it like a story. You've got to read it like a movie. Oh my gosh. And then the, we love the Tickle Monster story. So I've got seven, I, five, and three. My, uh, my favorite book to read with the kids is the, uh, um, there's a monster at the end of this book. Have you read that one? I haven't. I'll have to it's, get it. It's got Grover the Tickle Monster. And like each page of the book is like, it's like, you know, I heard there was a monster at the end of this book. And like, you know, so it's like, don't turn the page. So like you as the reader, you don't turn the page. The kids have to turn the page. And like each page is like, oh, he's going to tie the pages together. And then you tie the page. He's like, oh, you're strong. And then it's like they build a brick wall so you can't turn the page. And they turn the page. And it's hilarious because like you're reading like Grover and Grover is just getting more and more dis- like distressed as the book goes on. So like I have I have quite the good time reading that book with my children um, and go full thespian on them. <laughs> that is awesome. So my kids, huge impact. But the most impactful person in my entire life has been my wife. Like the amount of support, and she's incredibly smart. Like, can you imagine? agreeing to pick up your life to move across the country for a harebrained idea that your husband has when she's a stay-at-home mom and we've got no clients nor revenue coming in yeah my wife did that with me (laughs) right in 2012 (laughs) i my my wife is amazing for that kind of stuff but i like i god bless her because I am a build a parachute on the way down kind of person, right? Like let's jump off the cliff. And then before we smash into the ground, let's figure out how to build a parachute. Um, and so far I've gotten really damn good at it. And my wife is like, I trust you to pretty much jump off of whatever cliff you want to jump off of because I've watched you build parachutes a number of times, but that's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's amazing what having the support of a good woman will do for, yeah. um, for someone like myself or yourself. It sounds like. Yeah. A hundred percent. So as far as mentors, I, I would say my wife is my number one, but yeah, it's build a parachute, baby. <laughs> build so, <a> plane. <laughs> let's bring it home for our listeners. One last question here. Top one or two principles or actions that you put into practice every single day that you think have, um, that contribute to the success and influence that you enjoy. Maybe something you wish you had known when you started out a long time ago. Uh, I love the question. This is going to sound overly simplified, but it's not. Go every day when you wake up, get your butt out of bed, put your shoes on in your pajamas. You don't have to get ready 
and go on a walk and think about, I say them out loud, but at least think about all the things you're grateful for. That's it. Like I, the key to success, the key to success in life is deciding to be successful. That is a hundred percent true. Like success is all relative and I'm not where I want to be, but I promise you, I love my life. Yeah. Yeah. And so just that, that's my key. I, I just love life. I, I could not imagine life any other way. So I call it a, I call, I call it contented ambition, right? <laughs> love where you're at, know where you're going. Oh, I'm stealing that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> right. Cause if you're not going anywhere, you're not going to love where you're at. Exactly. Right? So they, they have, they, you have to have both. You have to have the contentment with where you are and the goal to get somewhere, right? You have to be okay. on a journey because the joy, the joy is really in the, the journey. It's in the, the doing of the thing. Right. Yeah. And it's something that, you know, as a kid, you, you think that you're, you're, you want the whatever the thing is and you, 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 when you finally get the thing, you're like, it's, it always disappoints you, right? Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter what it is. Everything in life, whatever the thing is that you want, it's more fun wanting it than it is having it. And yeah. um, so once, once you realize that, then you realize that you're like, I could be thankful for what I have. And then you enjoy the process of wanting, right? Of wanting to move forward. And you realize that that you, it sort of changes you from, from when you sort of realize that it's the, about the process of wanting, it changes the things that you want, right? Yeah. Into like, I want to make an impact, right? I want mm -hmm. to change other people's lives. I want to leave people better than I found them, right? Um, and it changes the course of your journey. Um, yeah. And so, you know, contented ambition. Love where you're at and where you're going. I love it. That... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that basically wraps up the interview. I do have a couple of small things we do right here at the end. One of them is really simple. I call it the hero's challenge. And it's basically this, we did this on every show and it's, do you have someone in your life or in your network that you think has a cool entrepreneurial story? Who are they? First names are fine. And yeah. why do you think they should come share their story here on the hero show? Mm. I know a lot. Uh, it, so you have to go with your, like your gut, like who is the first one that popped into your head, whether or not you think they would come on the show. Um, so I, first person that popped in my head is um, one of my clients, good friend named Gerald Nelson, who runs Kitech Automation. And I think he'd be a great guest. And I'd be happy to make the introduction if you like it. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. We have not yet had anyone in the manufacturing space on our show yet so that's a, it is an untapped you know world of knowledge we don't have in our library of hero show entrepreneurs <laughs> awesome i'll make it that's happen. one of one of one of my goals with the show is to get someone in every space that's ever happened I on the <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how how that goes over the course of time um but we'll uh, we'll see so um, we'll reach out to you again. I think we can put an introduction for you. But at this point, Justin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Last question, where can people find you? And more importantly, who are the right types of people to reach out if they happen to be in our audience, if they're thinking to themselves, you know what, I should reach out to Justin. He could help me. Who are those people? All right. So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook are the two platforms I use the most. Uh, also, I'm working on getting better on YouTube. Um, but Justin Stevens is the name on both of those or prospecting done for you. Um, you can find me online at www.prospectingdoneforyou.com. And so I love the question if they want to reach out. So here's who I want to talk to. I want to talk to someone who enjoys laughing. I, I've got to tell you guys, my face hurts after this interview. <laughs> it's a great thing. That's how I know I'm having a good day is does my face hurt from laughing? So if you enjoy laughing and having fun, if you love business and you're either got a business or you're looking to start a business, I'm happy. Like when I tell you I help anybody, literally what I mean 
is I will help anybody. Okay. So <laughs> if that speaks to you and you're like, man, I just, I want to get five minutes with Justin. Let's make it happen. Reach out. Reach out. Do it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Justin. Really appreciate it. It has been a fantastic interview. Enjoyed having you on. Um, any final like words of wisdom before I go ahead and hit the stop record button? Yes. You can do it. You can. You were meant to do it. So do it. Stop listening to that negative Nancy inside your head that says I'm not good enough because I promise you they're wrong. I love you guys. I, Thank you. I completely agree.